Tonight the uh, scripture reading is going to be out of the book of Romans. It's going to be the chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sin, sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed, indeed can it can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. For if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again, again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and of children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we now, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. 
And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them also called, he also called, and whom he called. Then he also justified, and whom he justified, then he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Tom, for the reading of that chapter, and I'd like for you to continue to have your Bibles, your New Testaments turned to that passage, but we want to study that chapter, we want to study some things of that chapter, because it's very important. I know when we talk about the Spirit, that a lot of us will, uh, we almost think that uh, uh, it's too deep, or it is beyond our comprehension and understanding, and that's exactly what I want you not to think. Uh, this was written for us to uh, understand and have a greater relationship with Jesus and with the Spirit. And we need to study it more because uh, we are sometimes confused when we talk about the Holy Spirit, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's so much taught today about the gifts of the Spirit until people usually just block out of their mind uh, things that they don't understand. But it isn't this difficult. I want you to, we're going to just turn to a few other passages along with this to sort of clarify and help you to uh, utilize and make it the working force in your life, the Holy Spirit. And your relationship with God and with Christ is essential to your understanding your working working relationship with the Spirit. And in the seventh chapter, he made it very clear that the flesh and the fleshly uh, body was certainly controlled by the law and that 
there was a law there, but the law couldn't ever do anything. As far as justification and salvation and relationship with with God, but after explaining that, look at the last two verses uh, that is in the chapter seven. Well, let's look. Let's start with the uh, the twenty-second verse. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. And that is what he's going to talk about in the 8th chapter. But I see another law in my members. And this is the law he dealt with in the 7th chapter and is going to deal with it in chapter 8. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Now that means the death of your exercising yourself to either righteousness or to unrighteousness. I thank God, the 25th verse, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord so then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So the next chapter is going to help us, the eighth chapter is going to help us to understand that with the mind, we serve the law of God. And that's what it's going to be. With the mind, we serve the law of God that really keeps us above unrighteousness. It keeps us in touch with him. But the flesh, the law of sin, is, is reaching out to us all the time. And if we can see that, uh, as Christians, we should not have a lot of fear about talking about the indwelling and the help that we get from the Holy Spirit. We should have so much confidence that we know that the help that we have is so clear and that it's a battle. And if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit working in us and Christ working in us and God working in us, we'd lose the battle. But the work has already been done by them, but it's up to us to recognize this battle goes on. Now look at the first verse of the 8th chapter. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That is not a wonderful thing. You can't lose. You can't be condemned. You can't be lost. If you walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So we do have a way that we can walk that we will not be condemned, that we'll be saved, and that we'll be lifted above the sinful nature that will separate us from God. Look at the second verse. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, that's what we're talking about. The law of the Spirit of life. Now, for us to doubt that we have the Spirit of life within us is to doubt that we have the salvation and this power that lifts us above sin and saves us. 
But look at that second verse. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We've been baptized into Christ. We've put on Christ. We have our position in Christ. He lives forever. He's the same yesterday and forever. He, never, he has never changed. He came to give us this life. He is life. In him is life. That life is the light of man. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made us free from the law of sin and death. In other words, he's going to talk about that. The law of sin and death is when you give way in your thinking to the sinful nature of man. But as long as we know we have the Spirit and we can give way to the Spirit and the teachings, then we are on target. Look at the third verse. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Now that is just pointing out that you do this, you do this, you do this, and you'll be saved. That's what the law did. The law just said, this is sin, this is sin, this is sin. But God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. And when we get into him, then we have his righteousness. And we live in the, according to the law of the Spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. Look at the fourth verse. That the righteousness of the law, the Jew wanted to live perfect. He wanted to keep the law perfect. Paul said he kept the law perfectly. And he boasted about how that he was blameless as far as the law is concerned. But here it says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us the only person that can fulfill the requirements of the law that God required is in Christ, and the only way you fulfill it then is what Christ does for us. The verse up there in 2 said, He became sin for us, that he might condemn sin in the flesh, and we're not held accountable for sin. If we trust in him, and if we walk in him, and if we know he's delivered us from sin. Look at the fourth verse again. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh. And I want you to understand that that is present. That's a present tense. We have to, have to always walk, not according to the flesh, but you walk after the Spirit. You say, well, how are you going to walk after the Spirit? Well, you're going to walk... You're going to accept the fact that the Spirit, you put on Christ, you put on the Spirit, you've been given the Spirit, and that you've been given the Word of God, which is the Spirit of life, and it is the instruction. And we have to be uh, certainly students of that, but at the same time, it's not just the keeping of that, it's the acceptance of our position that we're in Him and that we're in Christ, and that He gives us added help. When we're walking, doing this battle, look at number five. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. You say, well, how am I going to tell the way that, hey, you've got, I want you to turn to Galatians, the third chapter, because this is a, this is a, 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 a passage that you have to connect with that in order to understand uh, this verse. The third chapter, and 
the second verse. This only would I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, by keeping those things, or did you do it by the, you know what that hearing of faith is? That's faith in action. That's listening. That's exactly what this verse over here, the hearing of faith, is exactly what this verse is saying. Look at verse 4 over here. That the righteousness of the law must be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Those are the people that are, are the hearing of faith. That's the reason you can't be a strong Christian and be ignorant of God's Word. That's the reason you can't be satisfying to God and not study and learn and walk close to the Holy Spirit's language. You can't separate yourself from the Holy Spirit's teaching. And the walking after the Spirit is walking after what the Spirit has taught. And look at number five. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. The hearing of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing to the Word of God. Now look at number six. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's the person who's walking after the teachings and the instructions of the Spirit. And that what gets us in trouble is because that we are ignorant of God's Word. You say, well, you can't learn it all. Well, you just still study and you just learn and God helps you. And when you put on Christ, you have the Spirit within you. And the Spirit is longing to do what God wants to do. It's only the laziness in the flesh that keeps you from reading and studying and being eager to know and to understand. Look at number seven. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh... Why? Well, you're in the Spirit. Why? You put on Christ. When you put on Christ, you put His Spirit on. In this very one here, in this verse, it says, if you don't have it, you, you don't belong to Christ. Look at this next one. If so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. How did you get it? We're all baptized by one Spirit into one body. It was the direction of the Spirit. It was the teaching of the Spirit. It was the seed of the Spirit that was planted into our hearts and it brought forth after its kind and we became a Christian and Christ became, was formed in us and we are Christians and we are born again and he's not going to leave us. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ he is none of his. But if you through the hearing of faith and listening of faith you know that you put on Christ that Christ is in you and you're living with his help and you have his spirit, you are a different person from the people of the world. Look at number 10. And if Christ be in you, see, that's synonymous with the spirit. It's synonymous with Christ. If Christ be in you, the body, now that's talking about your flesh. The flesh is dead. What does it mean is dead? You don't exercise it. You don't have your own way. You're not lazy. 
You don't set the Bible on the shelf and never read it. You don't, for, you don't forget about the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You don't forget about the books of Acts. You don't forget about the 14 epistles that Paul wrote. You live with them. You pray, and you open your mind, and you look, and you see the essence and the message of each one of them. You study to show yourself approved. But the body is dead because of sin. It doesn't exercise itself in sin. It's just it's alive in Christ Jesus. The Spirit is life because you're doing what's right. Well, what's right? Well, you're in the Word. You're reading. You're studying. You're praying. You're depending. You're looking out. You're asking God to help you and to use you. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, now who was it that raised up Christ? It was God. But it said here that you have the Spirit of Christ. You do. So you have the Spirit of Christ. You have God's Spirit. You have your Spirit. And yet it's distinguished here, but it's all here. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also, that word quicken means make alive. That gives you zip. That gives you energy. That gives you vim. That gives you the kind of uh, energy and help that you need to con to, to, to uh, work against the evils of the day because he's in you. We're different from the world. We have Christ within us. We have God's spirit within us. And uh, if, if, he, if he raised up Christ from the dead, he can also help us that from the dead shall also make alive your mortal bodies. How? By his spirit. What makes the difference in a Christian? It's because we have Christ in us. It's because we have the help of the Spirit. And I want you to look at that uh, 11th verse, and I want you to look at that verb, dwell. And that is a continuous thing. Christ doesn't just dwell in your heart when you come to church. Christ doesn't just dwell in your heart when you're good and when you want to do good. He dwells in your heart all the time. And he's there because it's the listening of faith. It's the hearing of faith. It's the putting into force that we know he's with us, that we are different, that we're his body, that we have his life within us. And that makes us different. Therefore, brethren, look at number 12. We, we're not debtors. We're not in debt to live and to do anything according to the flesh and, and to live after the flesh. If we just put our time in that... It, everything else is nothing. In the third chapter of Philippians, he says that everything else is like garbage. He calls it a dunghill, on the dunghill. Everything, all of our prosperity, all of our goods, everything we do is just like nothing if we don't have Christ. The same thing here. What are you talking about? That's the thing. That's the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is to understand that we live and move and have him. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit. Now, that 13th verse is a key to understanding this and about the Spirit. But if ye, if ye after, live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye, what's the alternative? What's the choice there? Well, you can live after the Spirit. Well, what's the Spirit's job? 
fits to put to death and help us to put to death that old flesh that just gnaws at us all the time. And we want to do things that's contrary to Christ. But if we choose and we have the hearing of faith and we have the listening of faith and we put an application in here, then we're going to come alive that Christ is here, that we're living for him. He's in us. He has a purpose here. He wants to touch every heart and every life. The spirit you do mortify, that means to put to death. That's a word for mortician. It's a verb. You put to death the deeds of the a body. Well, what is that condition there? You've got to take hold and exercise. You're right for the Spirit to work in you. The Spirit doesn't work if you don't want Him in your life. Ephesians says that you grieve the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can, in Thessalonians, you can uh, quench the Holy Spirit. And there's a command that just don't don't quench the Holy Spirit. That's equivalent to this right here. When you fail to do this right here, let him work in you and help you. You can't do it all yourself. You've got to let the Holy Spirit help you. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you when you're going to be naughty and bad and when you want to do it on your own. We've got to depend on Christ and his Spirit and his way of life. Look at number 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Well, how are you going to be led by the Spirit? Well, you're going to have a listening of faith. And the listening of faith is going to mean that you're going to think about the Word of God. Well, you say, well, how do you think about it? Well, you think about Luke 8, and, uh, 6 and verse 8. He said, the, the Word of God is a seed. And you plant it into your heart and life. But you've got to know the seed. And you got to plan it, and you got to remember it, and you got to hear it, and you got to listen to it, and you got to understand that He doesn't mislead you. And if you want wisdom, you're going to be a good student of God's Word. And He says here, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, how does God lead you by His Spirit? He works through His His Word, and His Word is given by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Word and the Spirit's not the same thing. According to Ephesians 6, the Word is the sword of the Spirit. But you've got to know how to use that sword, and the sword, you've got to be acquainted with it, and you've got to let it work. But the Spirit is going to help you, and that's what they're pleading for here. The people look at number 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How are you going to be led? Well, it says, you're not receive the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. He's just adopted you into his family and given you his spirit. And it's, it's by his... Look at, that, look at that rest of that verse. That is, is equal to the 13th verse up there. You look at that 13th verse. If we, through the spirit, put to death the deeds of the spirit, what is that? That is depending upon that deciding faith. That's claiming that with this. It, did you receive the law by keep, doing the things and keeping the law perfectly? No, he said you did it by the listening of faith, by applying God's word and His teaching and understanding. This is a battle with Christ dwelling in us and God working in us. He's alive. He's alive. 
and he's going to help us. And look at that 13th, uh, 15th verse. We're adopted, and we can cry, Father, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit and uh, that we're children of God. And if we are children, then heirs, heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified with him. Do we believe that? When we're going through the, the tough things of living a Christian life. He said, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the making known or the manifestations of the sons of God. He said, it's going to all be cleared out. But we, we're walking by faith, not by sight. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Now, God worked all this thing out, and we failed. Man fell in the garden, but he gave us hope. And he hasn't left us alone. He's, he hasn't left us as offerings. He's, he's adopted us. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain until now. He says there's a battle going on. And the way you make this battle and you, and you fight it is with the help of the Spirit that works in us. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to be made known. To wit means to be made known, the redemption of our bodies. While we bury people every day, it's like we buried Bonnie's dad and Frida and Sister Palmer and a lot of them that's gone on, their bodies are still in the, in the, the crepes and the tombs, and yet their spirit is with God. And you know what? where their salvation is? It's in Christ. Now, I don't know what kind of body God has, Christ has, and I don't know where he is. I just know that Paul said for us to depart is to be with Christ, which is far better. And I, and I know that spirit is there. Now, the great thing that we're waiting is when he comes back and we'll have a body and these others that have died will have a body like Jesus Christ. But right now, they're in his body. And we're in his body. His spiritual body. And it's by faith that we claim that spiritual body. It's a kingdom, not of this world, but of the heavenly. And we just we just deliver ourselves to him and we just know if death comes and takes us that we have eternal life and we're with him and we're just willing uh, to, to battle this thing. And that, that's the reason that 24th verse says we're saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope for that which a man sees and what does he yet hope for? He said we, we don't have it all explained but it's by faith and it's the faith in the unseen and in the spirit that helps us. But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? Now he says, here's what happens when you're doing this. The spirit helps our infirmities. He's already said, look at that 13th verse. He already, he's already said that the spirit puts to death of his old fleshly appetites and things that interfere with us. 
Now, if you're not fighting this battle and, and you're not dealing with anger and hate and resentment and stubbornness and all that, you, you don't know what the battle is. It's the battle of the Spirit. And it's no use to get upset when we, when God is growing us. When we interact with, with fighting to live Christ-like and all, we're in this battle. Well, I say, well, I can't expect, it's not going to be roses here. Not ever. The flesh is here. The devil is here. He's going to try to get us the last minute that we live here. He'll try to say, don't trust in God. He's left, he's left all this suffering. Here's death facing you. You don't know that there's a heaven. He'll try to get us the last minute if he can. But you know what? The Spirit helps with our infirmities. Our infirmities means any kind of ailment, any kind of challenge, whether it's spiritual or whether it's fleshly. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. What are you going to do when you don't know what to pray for? A lot of us that are not willing to admit that we don't know what, you know, a lot of us are in trouble because we don't know that we don't know. We just don't know. And we don't know the answers a lot of times. And when we don't, he says, the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, do you believe that? If you'll claim Galatians 3 and verse 2, by the listening of faith, you'll believe it. See? And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Well, who is it that searches the hearts? That's Jesus. He's the heart knower. That's God. He's the heart knower. Well, what's the Spirit having to do? Well, he, he said, when he went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to come and to guide us and to guide them in the inspiration. And then to us, we don't have inspiration except where he gave to them, but we have the Spirit because he gives it to us. And he put the seed in our heart, and we just came forth like a, a, a seed of man goes into the seed of woman, and it brings out a, a human being while the seed, a uh, Holy Spirit seed, went in and it brought out a, a, a newborn person in the kingdom of God. And then that person lives by that Spirit's directions and help. And, and look at that 27th verse again. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit now that makes intercession for us. Well, he says for this chapter over there, Christ makes intercession too. That's right. But they're both God. They both have a job to do. But he's working on the scene with us. He's working in the body. The body without the Spirit is dead. We'd be dead if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit working in us. And when the Holy Spirit helps us and works us, if we have faith in the Holy Spirit, a lot of people say, oh, I don't know whether the Holy Spirit, I don't uh, seem to me like this is position is not right. You ought not to believe in the Holy Spirit because all the denominations, they believe in that. I can't understand that. So I just believe in the Word of God and I just obey that. You're going to just knock the Spirit out of it, right? I just want to be sure. I don't want to get mixed up in all that. Hey, it's here. You'll never take the light out of the Word of God. You'll never take the Spirit out of the Word of God. 
And the word of God that is not mixed with the spirit and with the life-giving spirit that, that possesses a person who believes in it is without the life. And this life that helps us when we're making communication with God makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The, look at that 27th verse again. When he searches the hearts of... Uh, uh, and he that searcheth the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit when the Spirit is helping us because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now the Spirit makes it according to the will of God but Jesus makes it according to the will of God. And it just synchronizes. And that's the way, if you want to explain, and if you want to say, well, how does Christianity work? This is the way it works. Look at verse 28. And we know that all things... Now, I know this is a difficult passage, especially the way it's, it's, it's given to us in the King James Version. And the King James Version is not inspired. The Word of God's inspired. And the Holy, the Holy Spirit's language was inspired. But when they translated this, they didn't put God in the nominative case. And the Greek puts it in the nominative case. It's a subject. I want you to look at that now. Here's the way the Holy Spirit wrote it. And we know that all that God, God is in the nominative case that God works together for good. All things, and it's in the accusative case, you know that it's what God's doing, all things for good to them that love. Now you have God working here, but he's working in harmony with Jesus, who is making intercession, but he's working in harmony with the Spirit that's making too. To them who are called according to his purpose. And then he just says in the 29th verse, for he, for he did know, foreknow, he did predestinate. You know who that is? It's the people who come to him. He predestined that everybody that would know him and would listen to him, that they'd be conformed to the image of his son. Now that's exactly what this chapter is all about. I want you to look at the first verse again. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. We're in Christ Jesus. We're in the form of Christ. We're in Christ Jesus. But what is it? You don't walk after the flesh, but you walk after the Spirit. And that's his plan. And he planned that for everybody that could. He predestined that. And he foreknew that everybody that had come to him would be like his son. And that he'd give the Spirit to help them. And the Spirit would be, would be given in verbal language where we could understand it. And that it would be like a seed. And that it would be like a sword. But that the Spirit would still work with it when a person mixed it with faith. And he wouldn't leave us alone. Well, you look at that 29th verse again. For whom did he, he did foreknow, he did also predestine, and to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, you know what he did? He did the same thing. He came and became flesh. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them also he called, and whom he called, them also he justified, and them he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? 
You know, we have such an ironclad thing that when we're baptized into Christ, we put on Christ, we put on His Spirit, we have God the Father working us. In the 32nd verse, he said, He didn't need spare His own Son. If God be for us, who can be against us? We can't lose this battle. He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, do you think He can't help us? You think, look at the 32nd verse. You think He can't give us all things when we have a tough time? If we think He can, we think we're losing the battle, we just don't have the kind of faith that we need to have. Who should lay anything to the charge of God's elect? How dare you challenge that we can't live Christ-like and faithful and righteous with the help of God and His Spirit? It is God that, that does these things. and just Who is He that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God. And he says, he, he, he's making intercession for us. As you're working here, hand in hand with the Spirit. Well, he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, and nakedness, pearl, sore? Well, he said, it's written over there that for thy sake we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep. Now he's talking about our difficulties. But he says, even in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. But you know what it takes? It takes us believing and claiming the great help that he has here. And we understand that we're different because we've been filled with Christ and we've been cleansed from all sin and that we are as we walk along and let his blood cleanse us as we claim him. If you haven't claimed him, do so tonight as we stand together and sing.